Welcome to the August 14th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Joshua chapter 5, and the sermon is entitled, God Takes Charge, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. As we look to Joshua in the series that we have on our hearts and our minds, Jericho is in sight. We can almost see it from here, uh, but it's still going to be a couple more weeks, church family, before we get there. Joshua chapter number 5. I ask you, did you come to church expecting something this morning? Amen. Amen. I'm glad you did. As we gather with the hope that Christ offers every person uh, that is here, every person that is watching, Christ offers hope to each person individually. I'm grateful for that. Christ offers hope to a church that will trust to follow Him. I'm grateful for that. And, And Christ offers hope to a nation who seeks after him. And for that, I'm very thankful. And even though it seems in a nation that we are a remnant, if you will, a small portion of what this great nation is, I pray that the people of Clifford Baptist Church and the people that are watching live stream, that we are the faithful. Amen? Amen. It's amazing what God does with those who are faithful to follow. In the last couple of weeks, as we've looked through the life of Joshua, we've seen God call Joshua to rise to lead a nation, to lead his people into a place of promise. As they rose, they have crossed the Jordan. You remember that from last time, a couple of weeks ago. And as they crossed the Jordan, they were called on to build a, a rock piles. Remember, they took 12 stones to remember the act of God. Not only to remember for them, but to teach the next generation of the works of God. And so today, as we pick up Scripture, we pick it up. And as I sit down and as I open it up, here's the way that I open. God, they crossed Jordan. Now what? Now, what do we do now? The big obstacle is out of the way. The hurdle has been removed. God has worked. God, now what? Maybe you can relate to that in a way that you have given your life to God in some way. You have agreed to serve God. Maybe you have given your life to Him in salvation and you ask that same question, now what? What do I do now? Maybe you're young in your years or maybe you're older in your years and you say, Pastor Jeffrey, I've done all I can do, now what? Here's the message of the day. God is still in charge. And God still has a purpose and a calling on the people of God, on Joshua's life, but on Clifford Baptist Church today. Just because you're saved doesn't mean it's over. It means... Your walk has just begun. And it's up to you day by day and moment by moment to surrender the reins of your life to a Christ who loves you so and who wants to be in charge of your life. So today you're sitting here saying, Pastor Jeffrey, now what? I want you to picture the reins of your life in your hands. And by the end of the sermon, I challenge every one of you to place the reins into God's hands. Scripture today, Joshua chapter 5. Verse number 1 is, the, is where we're going to stop with our first point. 
And it came to pass, when all the kings of the Amorites were on the side of the Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were uh, by the sea, heard the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan uh, from before the children of Israel until we were passed over, that their heart melted. Neither was their spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. As God takes charge today, the first point that I want you to see, you'll get three of them today, is this. I want you to see and understand the resounding work of God. The resounding work of God. There is a nation that now camps in Gilgal. And I want you to caution as you read through the Old Testament. These are scriptures that we kind of hurry through. I'm guilty. Okay? But when you sit down to it and say, God, what do you want me to glean from this? It's amazing what God teaches in just one verse. In verse number 1 of chapter 5, we see word is spreading. How many of you here know, I'm going to step out of the Bible just for a second and say this. How many of us here know that word spreads quickly? Would I be okay to say sometimes gossip spreads faster than the gospel? I just stepped on my own toes. We live in a world where gossip travels faster and further than the gospel will. And untruths follow and flow faster than truths do. And so church, I want to caution you here that you know that word travels fast. But what if that word was of what God was doing and maybe even what God is doing in Clifford, Virginia? What if word traveled from Clifford, Virginia, that last week we had a tremendous revival? What if word this week travels, God is working? You need to be at Clifford Baptist Church because next week, 15 plus are going to be baptized. What happens when word travels? It's amazing what God can do with our tongues when we give the reins. To him. Instead of doing what we want and saying what we want, we give the reins to God. But it's amazing as we look at verse number one, what has happened. The miracle of God and the people of God crossing the Jordan, Jordan River at flood stage is making waves. And it's reaching people particularly the Canaanites and the Amorites and the leaders and the kings of those people have heard the message, guess what? God is working. And the people are in our land. And what does it do to those people there? The Bible says their heart melted. Well, guys, that's no different if you remember than back in Joshua chapter number 2. Rahab already told us that the people of Jericho heard about what God was doing and they were scared to death. Look at Joshua chapter number 2 real quick. Verses 9 through 11, it says this. And she, being Rahab, said to the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what ye did 
the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sion and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. Listen to what Rahab says in verse number 11. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. It's amazing. Word has traveled and what God is doing. And now the kings in the new land are scared to death. And they fear and they grieve because the people of God are now in their land. Is it, is it fair to say the people in Gilgal and Jericho and from there forth are scared? Absolutely. They're scared at what God is about to do. But here is the key. Instead of turning to God, they still turn away from Him. They still turn away from God. It's amazing. In Exodus chapter 23, 27, God tells them that I'm going to make their back turn to you. God already says, I'm going to take care of the enemy for you. But friends, today, I want you to understand that as the message is going out, the resounding word is, guess what? God is here. And we are scared to death. When I look out these two doors of Clifford Baptist Church, I see a community that day by day, I see a state that day by day, I see a nation day by day that needs to hear the truth and the gospel message that Jesus Christ offers every person. It's not to say that the world is so bad and that we're so good. It's to say this, God is good. And His message needs to be heard by every ear. But here's my question for you, church. Is can God still turn hearts? Can God still turn hearts? Absolutely He can. But the resounding message from Clifford Baptist Church and the people of Clifford Baptist Church needs to be this. Trust and obey Jesus Christ. Simply trust and obey. Here's what I wanted, want you to do. But I'm going to caution you while you do it. Pray that God goes forth from this place. Listen to me. Pray that God goes forth from this place. But in doing so and in praying, be ready because guess what? God could be calling you. God could be calling you. It's amazing to see that. My challenge today is the word resounds, let it not be gossip, let it not be anything bad, but let it simply be the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and that alone. In order for God to take charge, He needs the words. He needs the message. He needs the mouthpieces of you and me. Look at verses 2 through 12. At that time, the Lord said unto Joshua, Make thee sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise, 
all the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war died in the wilderness, by the way, after they came out of Egypt. Now all the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness, by the way, as they came forth out of Egypt, them they had not circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord. Unto whom the Lord sware that he would not show them the land which the Lord sware unto their fathers that he would give us a land that floweth with milk and honey. And their children whom he raised up in their stead then them Joshua circumcised. For they were uncircumcised because they had not circumcised them by the way. And it came to pass when they had done circumcising all the people, they abode in their places in the camp till they were whole. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off of you. Wherefore the name of this place is called Gilgal unto this day. The children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at even in the plains of Jericho. And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day. And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna anymore, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan. That year. We think about point number two today. The first point was that the word resounds. The second point is they reinstitute acts of obedience. As the Lord has the kings of the people of Canaan scared to death, I want you to see how God works. The people are fearful. The people are scared as the, as the Israelites come into their land. And then here's what God does. It's amazing how God does it. Instead of leading the people and taking over, God says, hold on just a minute. We've got to do something. You see, I'm glad I'm not the leader of this army. Because here's what happens. Jeffrey just tends to go, go, go sometimes without thinking. I'm a go-getter. I want to be the one that goes. I want to be on the front line. I want to go. I want to do. But sometimes there's some things that need to happen before we just go in. So if I was leader of the army, I would be like, okay, 40,000 soldiers, let's start walking. Because God said, wherever our feet touch, that's our land. And whoever stepped in the way, I would probably just mow them down. But Jeffrey's not in charge. God is. Here's what God does. He said, okay, men, there has been a generation that died out that did not get to reach the promised land. That generation, that older generation, they were circumcised. But there is a younger generation that will enter the land that has never experienced that now when we talk about circumcision it is a medical procedure uh, that removes skin from the males okay so it's just for the guys and as these men line up to, to be circumcised can you imagine the scene as joshua is over there by god's order sharpening the knife 
Many probably thought they were preparing for war. But God was preparing the individuals of the commitment that they would have to make to follow Jesus. Friends, today I want you to know as Joshua sharpened the knives and as he led these uh, believers in the practice of circumcision, we are told that God is about to do something miraculous. As he holds off the armies because they're scared to death, he puts them on hold. That gives God enough time to work in his own people's lives. Because the men will not be able to fight. They're going to have to rest. Look at verse 8 with me real quick. It says, And it came to pass when they had done circumcising all the people that they abode in their places in the camp till they were whole, until they were healed up. God's people needed time. And so the fear of the people allowed that to work, allowed God to work. And so you say, Pastor Jeffrey, what does that have to do with me? Well, I want to read a verse to you from Deuteronomy chapter number 10, verse number 16. It says this, Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff-necked. Circumcise the foreskin of your heart. Friends, that's not just for the males in this place. That's for every person. And we have to come to that point where we allow God our heart and allow Him to work in our heart and through us. The end of that verse, He calls His own people stiff-necked. It's a term that relates to a team of oxen that won't go where the person with the reins tells them to. It's a person that goes in their own difficult way or their own stubborn way or their own proud way and leaves God out of the picture. And so church, here's what I'm asking you to do, do today. As we think of, of the instituting or the reinstituting of what God wants, God wants circumcision of our heart. And He wants us to pull that old tough skin off of it. And lay it aside for Him to take control and Him to live in. And so church today, maybe there's somebody in here that if I called you a stick neck, stiff neck, you'd be mad at me. But maybe you're hard hearted or troubled or proud and you just need to turn the reins over to God. Verse number 9, it's amazing what God begins to do with His people. As they obey Him in circumcision, God begins to take off the bondage of Egypt and put on the newness of His, his land and His people. Look at verse number 9. Here's what it says. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you, where the name of the place is now called Gilgal unto this day. Gilgal means rolled away. If, that's what, if you're taking notes, it means rolled away. So at this place, as the people obey God, here's what God does. He takes all that Egypt meant to them, the bondage, 
the slavery, the disobedience, the wandering, and he took it off of their shoulders and he rolled it away. Friends, I want you to know, we, we don't have a Gilgal here, but we have a Gilgal in which Jesus Christ went to. It's called Calvary. At Calvary, Jesus rolled the sin away from you and I. He rolled that bondage and that slavery and that disobedience and that wandering onto His Son, Jesus Christ. And He did it for you and me. I want your attention real quick. Circumcision didn't save the people. Just as baptism doesn't save us today. Circumcision did not save them. There's a guy that I love. His name is Warren Wiersbe. And here's what he said. No amount of external surgery can change the inner person. And that is so true. No amount, no amount of out, outward works or abilities or things that we do, getting dressed up and coming to church and participating, none of that saves you. It's a heart issue. It's something that you need to trust God to do. Maybe today, God needs to roll something off of your shoulders, a burden of sin onto His Son, Jesus Christ, as you trust Him for the very first time. As these verses close out in verses 10 and 11 and 12, as God is beginning to, to roll away the past 40 years off of His people's back, He also reinstitutes Passover. And He also takes away the manna that they have depended on for so long. I don't want you to miss that. In order for the people to partake in Passover, they first had to be circumcised. So now that they're circumcised, He reinstitutes Passover. And guess what? He takes away the manna. And as we see in the, in the closing verses of 11 and 12, they're now fending for themselves off of the food of the promised land. God will not provide the manna anymore. As we close this point down, faith is about obedience. Day in and day out obedience of what God wants every one of us to do. What's God calling you to do today? Excuse me. The third point comes from the last three verses. My favorite part of the chapter. Hold on tight. Let's see what happens. Verse number 13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us? Are our adversaries. And when he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come? And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Point number three today, as God takes charge, He reminds us who is in charge. He reminds us who is in charge. Parents, let me ask you a question real quick. How many of you had to remind your children who's in charge in your household? Have you ever had to do that? Or am I the only one? 
I am in charge. Now, we may go about that very different, but there are times in our children's lives where we have to remind them, I'm still in charge, big boy or big girl. Those teenage years don't give you the right to be in charge of my house. But perhaps Joshua slipped away on one of his early morning walks and talks with God. And as he does that, he meets a man. As the Bible teaches us in verse number 13, he came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked. I want you to stop there. Joshua's eyes are on the next city. Joshua is spending time with God planning on what Jericho looks like, of how we're going to deal with Jericho, of what we're going to do next to win this battle. And it's amazing as his eyes are focused on Jericho that he now sees somebody else. Verse number 13 says, His eyes looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? As this man catches Joshua, the servant's attention, it's a very important man. Now, you can go through all the Bible scholars and you'll get different opinions of who this man is. But I want you to know two things. First and foremost is the question that Joshua asked. He asked him, are you for us? Are you for our enemies? Whose side are you on? And the second one is the man. Who is this man? Is it a Christophany? A pre-incarnate appearing of Jesus? Pastor Jeffrey says, yes, it is. Because here's what happened in the Old Testament to Abraham and to Jacob and to Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. The three Hebrew children saw a fourth walking in the fire. There was a fourth with them in the fire. To Gideon. And many times throughout our Old Testament, Jesus shows up. And I believe here in the life of Joshua, it's him and Jesus together. This was not a smoke show, but this is Jesus showing up to remind Joshua, I am captain, I am commander of the army, not you. As you look to Jericho, as you look to the battle, it's not your battle to win, it's my battle. And friends, I want you to know, we sometimes set our eyes on the battle. We set our eyes on something ahead of us, and we leave God out of it. Where are your reins? Are they still in your hands? Because at this point, as Joshua is face to face with Jesus, what does the Bible tell us he does? Look at verse number 14. It says, Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? You need to underline those words, my Lord. What do you want your servant to do today? What do you want me to do? Friends, in order to let go of the reins, You've got to fall down at the feet of Jesus. 
You've got to worship Jesus. And you've got to ask the same question that Joshua did. What do you want me to do? It's not saved and now what? It's saved and get to work. It's not join our church and sit around. It's join our church and get to work. It's not Sunday morning worship and then go for a week and come back. It's Sunday morning worship and then get to work. The other point I want you to see is this. What was the answer to Joshua's question? What was the answer as Joshua asked, Are thou for us or for our adversary or for our enemy? Look at the very beginning of verse number 14. It says, And he said, Nay. <laughs> Just like Jesus. How many times in the New Testament does he answer a question with a question? Or he answers a question with a parable? Or he doesn't answer the question at all? And here's what Jesus says. I am not picking a side. Because I did not come to pick a side. I came to take over. I didn't come to pick a side. I'm not for you or against you. Friends, we have a mentality that we're good people because Jesus is on our side. No. No. We're only good people when we fall at the feet of Jesus and we worship Him and we follow Him. We only receive the blessings not when Jesus is on our side, but when we choose to follow Him. It's not about Jesus choosing a side. It's about you and me choosing who we will follow. Friends, Joshua falls at the feet of Jesus and says, here I am. What do you want your servant to do? He takes those reins. And he lays them down. Friends, today, when we think about that, it's amazing what God will do. I'm calling on a church today to remember who's in charge. It's not a set of deacons. It's not a pastor. It's not an associate pastor. It's not a next generation pastor. As long as I stand here, it will always be Jesus. But here's the question I have for you. When you offer your prayers... Don't offer hoping God will pick yours and answer it. Fall before Him in worship knowing you're on His side. You're worshiping Him. Today, we need to fall at the feet of Jesus as individuals and as a church and simply say this, Here the reins, God. Lead me. I've got something else in my, in my vision. I've got something else in my mind. But God, right now, I want it to be you. Today, we've reached the point of invitation. Today, if you truly need to do that over your life, over a situation in your life, over something that is happening in your life, I pray that you do that today. But I also pray this. If you've never given control over your, of your life over to Jesus Christ, 
Don't walk out of these doors hoping it will happen next time. Because usually when that happens, next time never comes. Give God the reins today. Friends and family, now what? Now what? What will we do as we look to Jericho? I pray today, God lead us in this most important moment of decision and action right now. Let's go to God in prayer. Father God, Lord, today we humbly bow before you. Lord, we call on your spirit, Lord, to lead these moments. I pray that it's not the voice of a pastor, but I pray that it's the clear call of the Holy Spirit that draws people to Jesus right now. Lord, maybe today some people need to say, Lord, here it is. Here's the situation that I'm trying to control. I give it to you. Lord, certainly they can stand up and stand in their place and do that. But Lord, if you call somebody to a deeper place of do that, Lord, I pray that they fall down at an altar and do it. Just as Joshua found out before you. Lord, today, if there's somebody in our midst that needs Jesus Christ to show up, to take over, as commander, as leader of their life, to become in charge of everything. God, I pray, Lord, they make that commitment today by understanding Jesus Christ paid the penalty of sin on the cross. And through His shed blood and His shed blood alone, that gives us access to the Father. Lord, thank You that You defeated death and that You give life to anyone who will come to you today through Jesus Christ and Him alone. God, we give you this moment of invitation and we call people to drop the reins of their life and give over control to the one who gives life, to the great commander. Lord, personally today, I ask you to simply take control. For in Christ's name we do pray. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.